Big Blue! I want to welcome everybody back to the Blue Rush podcast for another season. It's our New York Giants podcast from the New York Post. I'm Brandon London. You see me on the Jumbotron uh, in-game during Giants home games. And I'm with Giants beat writer for a long time for the New York Post, Paul Schwartz. Now, this is going to be our training camp preview episode. We got some major Giants news with, obviously, Saquon Barkley signing his one-year deal. We're going to do a rundown. We're going to talk about the biggest storylines coming from camp, and we're going to talk about what position battles we need to watch. Uh, Paul, I see you sitting there. Before we even get into the Saquon thing, welcome back for another year, another season. What year is this for you covering the team? Um, I believe um, this will be my, what is the anniversary? Um, I believe this is my 30th training camp covering the Giants. 30th training camp. 30th training camp. Yeah, I started when I was uh, 12 years old. So um, I'm only 42, and, uh, you know, I look great for my age, right? Um, (laughs) (laughs) It's the cheekbones. It's the cheekbones, man. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, I mean, you've been covering this team for a long time. You've been through all type of uh, contract, stand downs, holdouts, stand ups. Uh, What was your initial reaction to the Saquon news when it broke this morning? I would like to say I anticipated, Brandon, that Saquon would report on time, but I did not. Um, I never, ever bought into the Saquon is going to miss any games. You know, I never bought into that. Um, You know, I know his agents kind of floated that out there, you know, after no deal was struck. And, and, you know, it was obvious he'd play on the franchise tag or nothing. You know, they float out there. You know, you're not going to see him at camp. And this puts week one in jeopardy. I didn't buy that for a minute. That was, you know, kind of a feeble attempt at leverage. What is what is missing a game? And and if this is all about money, what is if he missed one game, it would have been five hundred and sixty thousand dollars he missed per game. That doesn't help anybody. Certainly doesn't help Saquon. Definitely doesn't help the Giants. So I didn't buy into that. But, you know, I definitely could have seen Saquon missing a day, a week, two weeks, maybe three weeks at some point coming in. Okay, I'm ready. Um, You know, let's practice and, and not jeopardize anything for that, you know, September 10th opener. So I was surprised at this. And really, you know, Brandon, what it looks like is, you know, we'll get into what he signed and what the deal is. Ten months for this, really? Yeah. I mean, this, this could this could have been done a yeah. long time ago. Saquon could have had more money. Um, you know, what this tells me is Joe Shane did a really good job to hold, hold the line. And, um, you know, one of the best players on a team is back, not for what he wants, but he's back. Yeah, I look at this news as it was a graceful bow out on his end. I feel like, again, he could have made a lot more noise and held out and and had the Giants kind of sweating up until that first game against the Cowboys. And and I think the front office and the fan base would have been sweating because you look at Saquon, his numbers, his production, he is a guy that you need on not only this offense but his team. He brings so much more than just the production on the field, just the leadership, the guy that he is, and then just the fact that when you walk around MetLife Stadium, or you see two six jerseys. You know, I know Daniel Jones signed for the bag, got the money, but if you think about it, you know, I talk to my girlfriends, daughters, all the times, like, who who do you want me to go get an autograph from? Saquon Barkley. Saquon. Brandon, can you give me Saquon? Who else other than Saquon would you like me to go get an autograph from? But, you know, it, just what he brings in. And, Paul, I'm, I'm surprised all the information that got leaked from both sides 
you know, not only from his sides when it came to the holdout, but then the, the, the leak that supposedly, allegedly happened coming from the Giants front office side where it kind of made him sound like he was greedy and he wanted to respond to that. Because all you hear in that in that building, Quest Diagnostics Training Center, is family business is family business. So now uh, that, it was just a weird, like you said, all that. All that 10 months, that's that Stefan Diggs type 10 months for for that, you know, but at the end of the day, we're glad he's back. Uh, but Giants fans are definitely happy that he's back. Can you kind of break down the deal and kind of give people the nuances and, and the details within that deal so they can they can be up to speed as well? Look, the, the Giants offered Saquon three different deals, okay? Three mm. different ones. And each time the Giants thought it was a good deal that Saquon should take. They offered one at the bye week in November. That averaged like $12.5 million a year, but the guarantees were a little lower than Saquon wanted, okay? He turns it down. Now, Saquon, back in November of last year, Saquon's camp is the one that went to the Giants, um, I know that Joe Shane does not really want to do these deals during the season, but Saquon's camp went to him and said, look, the player is going to be upset if you don't try to make a deal with him now. So they tried to make a deal. It didn't work. OK, it didn't come out. OK, not a big deal at that point. Right. Because you can wait till the end of the season after yeah. the season, which was a good season for Saquon. Right. His value should have gone up a little bit, even though his production actually went down after the bye week. But the Giants did well. He ended up staying healthy all year. They gave him a, a pretty good offer at the time. Um, I think it was in like the $21 million guaranteed range. Didn't take it. You know, he was looking for more. Initially, Brandon, he was looking, said, I'm the best running back in the league. I should be paid the way Christian McCaffrey paid. Okay, well, that contract was signed in 2020 with the Panthers. Um, that contract is 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 irrelevant right now. The running backs aren't getting that, first of all. And the Panthers were not doing good business then. They gave him too much money. And the Giants, quite frankly... Don't look at Saquon Barkley as Christian McCaffrey. You know, we we all talk about Saquon as he is a great runner and a great receiver. I don't think the Giants look at him as a great pass catcher. Mm. They look at Christian McCaffrey as a great pass catcher. Okay. Then you say, well, Saquon had, you know, a lot of uh, a lot of receptions. Well, he had 90 as a rookie, yep. a lot of checkdowns from Eli Manning. He had a bunch last year. He averaged 5.6 yards a catch okay so they don't look at him as the multi-dimensional threat that McCaffrey is but they still love him as a player yep. so this last deal offer July 17th this is the last day to get a deal done or else he cannot sign a multi-year contract the guarantees are up to 23 million that should have gotten the deal done in my mind I can't tell someone you know it's it's your money it's not my money I can't tell you what to take and what not to take but the 23 million was more than the tag this year of 10.1 and the tag next year of 12.2. It was more than that. So he would have been guaranteed basically two years of salary and no risk, right? You're a player, right? You risk it all when you play. The guaranteed money, the risk goes down. But look, Saquon didn't want it. I think his ego got in the way. Um, I really do. And, you know, like it's his prerogative, right? And that's why I thought he is going to hold out. He is not going to, he's going to withhold yeah. his services for a few weeks in camp, kind of as a, you know, hissy fit. I'm not going to come. I'm mad. I'm upset, you know, and um, I think cooler heads prevailed. And you know yeah. what it tells us, you know, other than Saquon kind of bowing out gracefully, like you said, which is a great phrase. He wants to be there. He yeah. wants to be with his teammates. Yeah. You know, Saquon, he loves it. He loves it. He wants to, he wants to be 
um, a mouthing off to Dexter Lawrence about, you know, a, a, a play in the hole that Dexter wouldn't have made. He wants to be, you know, uh, taking his boys, the, the, the running backs, and, and bringing them up. He wants to be hanging out with Daniel Jones. He loves it. You know, and, and at the end of the day, I think it was very mature of him to say, you know what? Holding out is getting me nothing except soothing my ego. So why don't I just come in? Yeah. Another thing he loves doing is playing ping pong in the locker room with David yeah. Sills. You know, that, like I've asked the players, like, who's the best ping pong player on this team? It's Saquon or David Sills. So now that he's back, now we can get that one on one matchup for a new season. Uh, so we can put that. <laughs> Like again, 10 months to just put it to bed like that. But at the end of the day, this is with a 12 week year old kid like this is one of those good times to put something like that to bed. One thing I should add is that, look, they did sweeten the pot a little bit by giving him nine hundred thousand dollars in incentives. Yep. OK, but here, first of all, it's not a tremendous amount of money for a contract of that magnitude, not in real life, yep. obviously. But yards per game i think it's yards per season i think it's 1350 13, 11 15. touchdowns like 65 catches but here is the big the big disclaimer with this every one of those incentives is tied to the giants making the playoffs so if saquon runs for 1500 yards right has a career year and the giants don't make the playoffs he doesn't get that incentive money so you know, it's it just, just look, if the if the Saquon hits those incentives and the Giants make the playoffs, Joe Shane is going to be in the mood to say nine hundred thousand for that. That's chump change. Oh, that's, that's a great. win. Absolutely. That's a win. And he did not get Saquon, you know, any anything in the contract that says you cannot franchise tag me next year. So Saquon can have sixteen hundred yards and he can get his money and he can they can make the playoffs and the Giants can turn around and say you're getting a franchise tag again. So, you know, the, the, the holdout would have done no good. It really would have done no good. Oh, man. I, at the end of the day, you're just, I'm just glad he's back in this offense. Yeah, yeah, look, know, and, I'm, and I'm, that's I'm, the I'm, thing. Fans yeah. want to see the guy. You said everyone loves 26. They'll be, you know, the crowds will be there. And, and you know, look, you think Brian Dable was happy? The first, how many, 10 questions on Wednesday morning would have been, uh, uh, Coach, what about, Saquon, what about him not here? What about the distraction? And Dable, I'm not talking about Saquon. I'm not talking about Saquon. Um, and we all have to have creative ways to ask, what about Saquon? Uh, then Daniel Jones stepped to the podium. How does it feel without Saquon being yeah. here? You've, you got paid. What about Saquon? Yeah. You think that's awkward? So that's, look, we'll all be talking about Saquon. When he talks, it'll be a story. But that's it. You know, now it's about football. And look, at the end of the day, that's what it is, right? The business is the business. The football is the football. Now it's going to be more about football, which is what everybody wants. So let's talk some football, baby. This is Blue Rush. Let's get into yeah. the training camp preview side of things right now. So what would you – what are your biggest – let's talk about some of the biggest training camp storylines. I guess we can start off with position battles to watch. Uh, I'll let you go first because you already know what I'm thinking. Well, one of my biggest storylines are going to be Saquon not being there and watching – Eric Gray, the rookie, you know, <laughs> kind of looked great, right? And all of a sudden, you know, look, I was I was just looking at that, and I'm thinking, here's what's going to happen. Matt Breed is a pretty good player. He's going to look good. Eric Gray's a rookie with fresh legs. He, You know how these running backs sometimes look in training camp? And yep. Saquon's not there, and it's like, eh, there's Eric Gray. Maybe Saquon should stay away. Okay, that's gone now. You know, that's gone. So that's good. Um, position battles, I mean, you know what? I'm going to give you one that's probably not on your radar because you were a – one of those split out wide, tall, wide receivers. And all you wanted to do is catch the ball and run against the cornerbacks and make 
toe taps and, you know, play to the <laughs> crowd in training camp. You didn't care about the trenches. I know that. So I'm going to give you a trench battle. Okay? Oh, okay. A trench battle. Okay. Who's the starting left guard? Who's the starting left guard? Do you know? Do you know? Right. Uh, well, we talk. You don't know. You don't even know the names of the offensive linemen. Brady Sin, Zudu. I know. I know. All you want to know is the quarterback, right? <laughs> You're a wide receiver. Who's the quarterback? And, and oh, by the way, I was open on that play, right? Very oh, much I was so. open. Shoo, I was open on that play. Next time, next time, right? Um, or on seven on seven, you're waving. Oh, man, you know, throw it to me. Nobody can hit me. I'm, I'm a king, right? <laughs> Look, Josh Izudu, I th- you know, they like him. They think yep. he can be the starting left guard. He got hurt last year. He had a neck problem. So I, th- I think it's Josh Izudu, Ben Bredesen, and let's not forget about Shane Lemieux. Um, they kind of like him. I know Joe Shane liked him in Buffalo. They were almost going to draft him in Buffalo. They like had that. They had high marks on him in Buffalo. So he's been hurt. You know, he has to stay healthy. So, you know, I think that's a legitimate battle. We've talked about the offensive line for how many years with this team, right? They can't just be about the receivers and the running backs and the quarterback. Who's going to block for these guys? So I think that's a legitimate under the radar, maybe not headline, but it is a legitimate camp battle. Who's going to be the starting left guard? Yeah, because, I mean, I come from my father, Mike London, head football coach from Women Mary. He always, growing up, he always used to say, you're only as good as your offensive line. So you can be a Saquon Barkley, you can be Daniel Jones, Isaiah Hodgins. You benefit from a great offensive line. I think that's why you see the Minnesota Vikings let Dalvin Cook go because they've got a really great left tackle. They've got a strong right tackle and interior guards. So where a backup, a RB2, can now be a RB1 within that system. And when you're New York Giants fan, you're used to seeing, especially the old school Giants fans, you're used to seeing those hog mollies in there and, and, and having a strong presence in the run game when it comes to this football team. That's been the Giants' identity for such a long time now. But it's one of those things where as a receiver, you understand you can't do your job to the best of your ability without a solid O-line. So that is something that everybody, every Giants fan should definitely keep their eye on. If you're obviously for me, I'm going to say my position battle to watch. Obviously, I'm going to go, I'm going to go with the wide receivers, Paul, because every, all throughout the offseason. Of course you're going with the wide receivers. Yeah, you b- b- you b- love the wide receivers. Those are who ahead. sell tickets. Those are who sell tickets. <laughs> But, but if you, when you look at it and you look at Daniel Jones, 15 touchdowns last season, if you look at all the wins from the team last year, that one receiver had a 100-yard game and one of the Giants' wins in the regular season. Um, so you got a guy like Isaiah Hodgins who came on towards the, the end of the year. Now you want to see what he has in terms of a full body of work. Sign, he signed himself a little one-year deal. This could be a payday for him as well. Jalen Hyatt is someone that I, my eyes are going to be glued on and locked to, not only because when my baby, boy, my baby boy was born, that rookie show came up the next morning, and I was holding him, and we were watching Jalen Hyatt and his family, what he was going through. So that whole storyline has always been intriguing to me. Then when I met him at the storyline, I'm like, this dude's funny, man. This dude, this, this, this dude's funny. He's got a little personality to him. But Darius Slayton is a guy that's coming back, has been this team's wide receiver one. I would like him to see him hold on to some of those, uh, hold on to some of those drops, unnecessary drops that were really. Pre- 
kind of propel him into a true wide receiver one. And I want to see what Paris Campbell also offers to this offense as well. But again, you can't you can't have success or you can't go down the field, which reports were saying during OTAs, the Giants offense were throwing down the field. That's the next step in terms of Daniel Jones and this offense taking uh, a step to being uh, a solid top 10 offense. If you can block that up, if you don't have to go max protection to block up to throw the ball downfield. So I wonder if bringing in those speedy type guys is because, all right, while we try and figure out or while the Giants try and figure out what they have within the offensive line, they still have to go quick game. They still have to get the ball out in, in rhythm, in snap, and get bring in a bunch of yak type receivers who can catch the ball and keep running. So uh, I'm with you. On that offensive line, I don't think I've ever paid attention to the offensive line as much as I'm going to this year. And we didn't mention Evan Neal coming back in his second year. The man went out outside the building and got uh, instruction, got some work in when it comes to polishing and his work and becoming better at his skill set. So I would like to see what he looks like coming back uh, in a second year. Another position battle that I have, and you wrote about this, I believe, last week, slot corner. Darnay Holmes and Cordell Flott. Our guy Lawrence Tynes loves Cordell Flott. You saw him make some plays earlier uh, towards the end of the year. People say that the reports say he's bulked up a little bit. He follows me on Instagram. I see him looking at my stories sometimes. So, you know, I'm looking at him like, okay, Cord- okay Cordell, add a little, you know, add a little beef, added some beef to the bacon. So in terms of that matchup, who do you say has the edge right now going in? You know, you have that, and you also have the starting cornerback, right? I mean, yeah, you know, yeah. they want Deontay Banks to be the starter. That's why they drafted him. But, you know, that's why there are question marks here. You know, you have, um, you know, is, is you know, Deontay Banks is, is, is a highly acclaimed rookie, but that doesn't mean he's going to get it done. You know, Cordell Flott um, needed to gain weight. I mean, he was, he was a string yeah. bean. You know what I mean? He's got length. He's got that kind of little spidery ability, but he needed to get bigger and stronger in the slot, especially. So um, I think he has the upper hand. But, you know, Darnay Holmes does, you know, he's like that. What are the the expression about the bad penny, you know, keeps on showing up, you know what I mean? Or or whatever, you know, I mean, I'm I'm not saying he's bad, but um, he's a guy that's hard to get off the roster because he usually plays well enough. Um, I saw he said, you know, he needs to get less handsy. He knows it. Okay. You know, too many penalties. Okay. Too many penalties for him. You know, needs to get less handsy. So I think that's very important. Um, you know, not not a very very deep position. I don't think. You know, Aaron Robinson. You know, the previous regime drafted him in the third round, and you know they thought he was a good player, and he just has not played. He just has not stayed healthy. Can he be in the mix? Right. He mm-hmm. has enough talent, I think. Um, so, you know, a lot of what ifs, what ifs, what ifs. You know, you mentioned the receivers and you did mention Paris Campbell. I know that. But to me, he's the guy I'm going to watch the most because, look, I know what Hodgins is. I think he can get better. I know what Slayton is. Um, but Paris Campbell's kind of a wild card to me. You know, yeah. he, he, he you know, he's one of those Ohio State football factory second round receivers. A lot of speed. Perfect slot guy. His first three years in Indianapolis. What happens? Just cannot stay healthy cannot stay healthy so he looks like a bust this past year he catches 60 balls he looks like a player uh the giants give him like four and a half million dollars on a one-year contract so nobody around the league is like we love this guy it's like Mm. maybe we'll see so i think you know this is a year of decision for him 
Um, you know, this, they got a lot of guys in the slot. I mean, um, I don't think Sterling Shepard will be ready from day one. I'm sure that Wandale Robinson won't be ready from day one. He looks like a pup candidate to me. And let's not forget, they just signed Cole Beasley, right? Yeah. Who was a really good slot receiver. Was. He's, what, 34 years old, and he really didn't do much last year. So this is more like a let's see what he has in the tank thing. Um, but, you know, uh, Brian Dable was called a lot of plays, you know, for four years in, in Buffalo with Josh Allen throwing a ball to Cole Beasley. And, you know, he caught, I think, more than 80 passes twice in Buffalo. So does he have something left? You know, is this something that wait and see, depending on how Sterling is? Um, they got a lot of guys. Yeah, the receivers have a lot of guys. Yeah. And that's funny that you say Paris Campbell is your question mark on in terms of the receiver room. Nick McLeod or whoever's yeah. going to be that starting strong safety is going to be that wild card or that question mark uh, for me in that defensive secondary. Losing Julian Love was, I, I think, a lot of people, were, you're not going to feel it until you actually see it what he was, that utility knife, that type of player that can play down in the box. And then when you saw X get hurt, he had to go over the top. And I'm talking to Darnay Holmes when uh, Julian Love had to fill in last season. And I'm like, you know, what's some of the, what's some of the things he's got to learn? He was like, for, for anything, being vocal. He's like, Julian Love didn't have to be as vocal out there. Now that he's in that middle, he's got to communicate with not only me here in the slot, but he's got to communicate to the outside guys. He was like, Jay Love wasn't, didn't have to really do that in that defense. So whoever's going to step up and be that strong safety, are you going to be a straight box guy where you could just fill the run and play uh, uh, side to side? Or are you going to be a guy that has a little bit of range? You can, you can cover a tight end. We know it's about the Dallas Goddards and uh, Dallas Goddards and some of the tight ends in this uh, in this uh, division. So will you be able to play a tight end, play man to man, and be able to get over the top? So that's been a huge question mark that I, that I've been been kind of keeping my yeah. eye on. And then another, my last one, my last uh, position battle: Daniel Jones versus DJ. What what Daniel Jones are we going to see this year? And being around this guy, he's the most humble guy. He, he's, he's a football player. You know, Paul, you're going to ask him a couple questions. He'll give you a <laughs> That's all you're going to get, like a little smirk. And then he's going to get straight in the business, the business of the answer. I think this year he's going to have to show a little bit more personality to that team because now you're the money guy. You're Danny Dollar. But at the same time, I don't want him to get caught doing too much. Just play, just play your game. And if he can continue to progress the way Josh Allen did with Brian Dable come year, year two, year three under, the, under, under, under that offense, if Daniel Jones can continue to progress, I think he's, you're going to be fine. Don't try and be too much. So that's my last little, little position yeah, well, I, I, thing I, I, I'm looking at. I don't at. think Daniel Jones is going to be too much. You know, I don't. Yeah. I just don't think it's in him. But you make a good point that money – doesn't have to change a person, but it does change the aura around a person, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, um, if he throws an interception, he's not just a bum; he's an overpaid bum. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Overpaid is the it, 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 it's a factor, yeah. and I don't think it's going to really you know phase him too much, but it's a factor. Um, if he has a bad day in training camp, you know, one of the days when you're not up there in the crowd trying to keep crowd <laughs> control, you know, somebody will say. 40 million for this? What are you yeah. kidding me? You know what I mean? I mean, it's just natural. That's what happens. So um it is a it is a a a 
a situation to monitor. Just you know, I Daniel this off season. He I forget the artist, but he went on stage at a country music concert. Did you see that? Yeah. And started yeah. singing with the guy and and like Daniel Jones, really? You know, and and you know, is that him? just having fun or is that him you know i got my contract i can let my hair down a little bit we'll see you know do i expect him to be um you know an incredible quote with us i don't but he, he always has been very serious about the yeah. responsibility of being the giants quarterback but now he's got the responsibility of being the highest paid player so we'll see if if if, if there's a if there's a little bit of a sea change with him on that and i'll give you one more quick position okay. which you know, I mean, just because it's a rookie, okay? Oh, John Michael Schmitz is going to be the starting center. Well, we think so, right? We think so. But he's got to beat out, um, you know, uh, probably Bredesen. Maybe um, um, Hassenauer, the guy they picked up from the Steelers. You know, a rookie is a rookie. And, oh, and really, I, I lied. There is one more. Inside linebacker, right? Um, um, Jared Davis is out for the year. He probably was going to be the starter. Now, they may not always use a second inside linebacker because Bobby Okereke is going to be on the field all the time. Mm -hmm. But you saw Darian Beavers at this time last year, right? He looked like a guy who was like, man, he's a six-round pick. He might he might be a factor here. And then he te tears his ACL in the second preseason game. So who is that going to be? Beavers, Micah McFadden. You know, it's a lot of slim pickings there. Um, I think they like Beavers. They drafted him. Um, we'll see if he's healthy and he's a big physical presence. You know, these are the under-the-radar things. But yeah. if you have too many holes, it's a problem, you know, and these are some holes that they need to fill. And that could be somewhere where they go look elsewhere. You know, so when, when yeah. players on other teams, when you're listening to reports, uh, this is to the fans, when you're listening to reports of people talking about other uh, second or third linebackers that may get cut from a team because the, the room is just too crowded, that could be a guy that Wink Martindale and Joe Shane bring in to, to fill in and play within this offense. I mean, or play within this defense. Right. All right, Paul, uh, before we wrap things up, Final thoughts heading into the first day of camp tomorrow, the first practice of the 2023 season. The football is here, well, but winter is here well, as well. Well, you know what? We didn't need the heat wave. You know, it's going to be the three <laughs> hottest days of the summer, right? Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, um, which it, it's, I don't appreciate. But look, that's football. I get it. That's training camp. Um, you know, it, it, this last year at this time, everything was new. Mm -hmm. um, the GM was new. The head coach was new. Now, I mean, not all the players are new, obviously, but a head coach is new. You know, when you're at a training camp, right? The head, everything comes down from the head coach. He talks every day. It's his schedule. Um, if he wants to turn it up, it's turned up. If he wants to turn it down, it's turned down. You know, the head coach is the man in really during the season, but in training camp, you know, um, um, we got to dial it back. There was a fight in camp. What is the coach going to say about it? This was all new to Brian Dable, right? He waited 25 years to become a head coach last year. Mm -hmm. So now it's year two. We're familiar with him. The, the holdovers on the team, the returnees are familiar with him. So, you know, that's, you know, Dable 2.0, you know, you know, he has said many times, you don't hit the ground running. You know, it's not just this is not, you know, week 19. This is not an extension of last year. You know, he was the coach of the year in 2022. Right. He had a great season. The Giants had a good season and made the playoffs gone. You don't pick up from there. You just don't do it. And I think the teams that think they can, you hear the rhetoric early in training camp. We're going to build off last year. That's fine. You want to build off last year. But 
it doesn't mean anything. So um, I'm sure Dable has, has preached that in the spring. He will preach it hard starting on Wednesday that what we did last year means nothing. nothing. I'm, I'm not the defending coach of the year. I had that last year. Now I have to prove it again, just like everyone else does. But, um, you know, it's onward and upward. They had a good year last year. And, you know, they know Wink Martindale's defense. They know Mike Kafka's play calling. They know Brian Dable's style. So there's no excuses not to look better earlier in this training camp. Everybody is O and O. That's is that's bam right there. I think that's what fans need to realize right now. Don't look at the schedule. Don't look ahead. Don't don't worry about Dallas until that comes up. Right now, it's just about finding the perfect or the best 53 guys that fit the scheme and fit the culture to put on the field come week one. Uh, we want to thank you guys for listening and watching Blue Rush. It's our New York Giants podcast. From the New York Post, we want to thank Emma K. Austin, Jake Brown, and Andrew Hartz, of course, for producing the show. And make sure you watch us on the New York Post Sports YouTube page and subscribe to Blue Rush on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts, people. We're going to check back in with you guys in a few weeks, Giants fans. I promise you. Until then, stay safe. And thanks, as always, for checking out Blue Rush.